Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 056. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, have you ever felt stuck? Like backed into a corner, no way out, stuck? Have you ever wanted the satisfaction of putting somebody you didn't like in that situation? We often wish there were hope for these times that didn't involve bringing others down. Perhaps there is. Check it out. You ever sit in a place where you just feel stuck? I don't mean like you're caught in a rut or something like that that you, you can't get out of, like writer's block or something like that. I mean stuck like completely busted, no way out. Kind of a tough spot to be in. You ever be on the flip side of that where you're with somebody you don't like and you find a way to paint them into a corner and stick it to them? and feel that satisfaction of, of backing them into where they're stuck. No way out. Feels pretty great for all of about a minute. Very, very fleeting sense of satisfaction to get to do that to somebody. Is there any hope in those seemingly impossible situations? Maybe there is. And I mean more than just escape by the skin of your teeth hope. I mean the kind of hope that says this is better than it ever was before. Let's pray together. God, transform us today through your word, through the intersections that your son had with those around him as you walked this earth. Allow us, difficult as it can be, to see ourselves in these stories, and particularly this one. Amen. Well, the fact is, this season of Lent can be a tough one, a rough one. Because it is this time that we are reflecting, that we are maybe facing conviction, which we we are anticipating, if you will, the finale that comes in Easter. But unlike its sister season, if you will, where we deck the place out in purple as a, a way of recognizing anticipation, there isn't that same joy like there's in the Christmas season that we have in Lent. The good news is, Though the season may be tough, the finale certainly runs side by side with the, the glory of, of Christmas. When, we, when the reflection of Lent leads to the victory of Easter. But because you guys are so awesome to worship today during this tough season of Lent, I'm going to give you a threefer. I'm going to give you three intersections for the price of one. In this season, we're, we're spending time looking at the places where Jesus interacts one-on-one with somebody. Well, this story has three of them. You see what you get when you put a ham potluck on the after-worship menu? You get a deal. And the thing is, each of these intersections has value for us if we can find our place within them. Again, difficult as that might be. The story for today comes out of John 8. Verses 2 through 11. Early in the morning, Jesus came again to the temple. And all the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And making her stand before all of them, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law of Moses, now in the law of Moses commands us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They said this to test him, 
so that they might find some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on do not sin again. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this is one of those stories that can feel like tearing off a band-aid, so I'm not going to prolong it any further. We're just going to dive in to the first intersection. Tell me this will work today. The one between the Pharisees and the woman. This is one of those episodes, one of those things nobody ever wants to admit is in the Bible on Sunday morning. Nobody wants to admit happens in the world. Now, in the woman's case, her sin is pretty black and white. So I don't really need to dive into that too much. The truth is, sex, bef- out, sex outside of marriage never ends up anywhere good. Now, is she guilty? Well, the law is pretty clear on, the Levitical law is pretty clear on this, that there have to be multiple, very eyewitnesses. I will let that be. But the fact is, we can be pretty sure she was actually caught doing what she was accused of. Now, the Pharisees, they're a bit of a mixed bag, because the fact is, they're not wrong. The law does say that if they catch her in adultery, they get to stone her. No, they don't get to pebble her. They don't get to rock her. They get to stone her. The thing is, these experts in the law, and, and the law covers just a, you know, I've said oftentimes that there are many cases where the Bible doesn't have book, chapter, and verse to cover every situation out there. When it comes to something like adultery, the Bible pretty much has book, chapter, and verse for just about every situation you can come up with. Don't know why it went there, but there aren't many loopholes. And in just about every one of those instances, these experts in the law leave one little part out. They brought the woman before Jesus and the crowd. Where's the dude? Because in just about every one of those, we're going to cover every loophole possible situations that the law puts. It says both the woman and the man deserve some of these. Isn't it amazing how we can cherry pick the things that we want to believe or the things we want to listen to or obey. I like this Jesus who has love, who has forgiveness, who has heaven awaiting. Let's, let's leave alone the repentance and the need to follow and God forbid the fact that the people around us may not like us too much if we follow this guy Jesus. You know what that is? That's creating your own God, small g. It's what the Bible calls idolatry. Making this little customized, this is what I want God to be like. This is the God I'm going to create. And you know what? It, the fact is it doesn't go anywhere better than sex outside of marriage. And if you need me to remind you about this, that means it does not go anywhere good. Then in verse 6, the story continues. 
Thank you, Peter. I think you're going to be Johnny on the spot on this. They, the Pharisees, said this to test him. So you might have some charge to bring against him. Therein lies the motivation behind what the Pharisees are trying to do. They know that they're trying to paint Jesus into a corner here. Because if Jesus says, stone her, according to the law, he will lose just about everybody who recognizes that they are in sin. He will no longer be the friend of sinners that Cast and Crown sang about in our celebration. Yet on the flip side, the Pharisees know that if Jesus says, don't stone her, then he will lose just about every Orthodox Jew that's out there. And his ministry will be kneecapped, if you will. Maybe they would even like to cast one of these at Jesus himself. So Jesus is going to need, let's call it some serious debate skills, to get out of this quandary, unpaint himself out of this corner. And we get to the second interaction, intersection between Jesus and the Pharisees. And he starts writing in the sand. Doesn't respond to them, just starts writing. Now we don't know what he wrote. People conjecture, people hypothesize. The fact is, it really doesn't matter. And it's one of those things that where curiosity can get us to completely miss the point of the story. Because Jesus says, as he takes their trap and turns it on the Pharisees, he says, let any one of you who is without sin cast the first stone. The way one writer puts it, translates it, says it, you could think of Jesus saying, let he who is without the same sin cast the first stone. Earlier in Matthew's gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus redefined this idea of adultery. No longer is it just contained to the physical act of sex outside of marriage. Now it's if you look at somebody lustfully, you're done. Here's your outcome. It's the hard intersection to deal with because this is not the place where I'm asking you to put yourself into Jesus' sandals, but to put yourself in the Pharisees' sandals. Because again, Jesus never says they're wrong. And I'm very, very particular to say they are not wrong rather than to say they are right. Is there a place for calling sin out? Yeah, absolutely. But there are a million, there is a way to do it right, and there are about a million ways to do it wrong. And, Matt, and uh, Matthew 18 covers a lot of how we do it right as a Christian community. But that's not what motivates these, these Pharisees. They just want to trap Jesus. And if they get to clear out one more sinner by stoning her, then great. Our motivation, if you will, needs to be redemption. That's all you see within the context of Matthew 18, where it describes how to call out sin. Is that we're trying to redeem. We're trying to bring back. After uh, the first section of it, uh, it says if you tell your brother or sister their sin and they, they turn away from it, you've won them back. Redemption. The whole book of Revelation, calling out sin in the extreme, entirely a book about redemption. And as Jesus calls out the Pharisees, they phone it in and realize one by one, the stones hit the sand instead of skin, and they walk away. 
Maybe they didn't have the right motivation, but if we were to do anything else other than trying to redeem, any other motivation, if we were to follow after the Pharisees and walk in their footsteps for a little while, it becomes us. We become one who judges somebody because they sin differently than us. Hang on to that for a second. Told you I'd give you three, so here comes the third intersection between Jesus and the woman. And Jesus goes from being from entirely smart, brilliant, if you will, to playing dumb, if you will. Woman, where are they? Did the, where is your prosecutors? They just vanish? No more prosecuting attorney around. Just her and Jesus. Now, my expertise in the field of law comes from everything that you might be able to see on watching Law & Order, so you know it's about that big. But I'm guessing if a prosecuting attorney is in a courtroom and they throw their hands up and walk out of the courtroom, I'm guessing it's not going to be long before it's case dismissed. And if they were to turn this scene into a movie, they'd need a, an Oscar-winning actress to play the woman, I really believe, because she has seen her life flash before her eyes probably a hundred times, taken from the house or wherever she was busted along the road to the crowd in front of Jesus maybe not even having enough time to put her own clothes or robe back on. And she's got, now got her life back. Because the one person who was qualified to pick up a stone left it in the sand. It says, neither do I condemn you. This woman probably had no clue how much it would cost Jesus to put some weight behind that statement. We... We know the end of the story, and we don't have a clue how much it costs Jesus to put some weight behind that statement. Sure, we have words in the book. We have maybe even medical testimony of what Good Friday was like for Jesus. Maybe that gets us a thousandth of the way there. The fact is, we don't have a clue. And yet, out of love, Jesus did it anyway. And he even... Good thing is, gives us a way to respond, a way to live a response to that. As it says in verse 11, go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. Doesn't say it's okay. Doesn't say we'll forget about it this time. He says, go your way and don't sin again. The best way I can put a takeaway to that really um, comes from a quote that I can't beat, so I'm just going to put it up, or have Pete put it up. Grace, no more a license to sin than electricity is a license to electrocute yourself. Hey, we need a little bit of levity in Lent every now and then, right? Be quick to ask for forgiveness. Especially in this season, whether it's of another person asking forgiveness from God, asking forgiveness for, of yourself if the situation calls for it. But all the more so if you happen to know all too well what it feels like to be in the Pharisees' shoes, to be one who is judged because somebody else sins differently than you do. It can do miracles for your relationships because Jesus is in the redemption business. It's the whole purpose of his mission in one word, to be able to offer life. And if we follow his example, it can be just as life-giving for us. Thanks again for listening to the Woodland Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. 
If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. See you next week in the Woodlane Worship Podcast.